When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're live in three, two. Welcome, welcome, welcome into Leather Brains, your host here, Slap Dong. And what a great, thankful time we are going to have today, gentlemen. It is Thanksgiving Eve. The day before Thanksgiving, and we contemplated having a show. We really thought about not having a show, and then we decided we should probably have a show. So we're going to make this quick, we're going to make this informational, and we're going to make this fun. But I can't do it alone. As I've stated before many times, I can't do this show alone. I'm joined here today by not only Yeti for Wednesday's episode, but I got Scotty here with us too, producer Scotty. Gentlemen, you guys ready to to have a fun-filled, informational, and speedy episode today? Let's get silly, bro. Yeah, let's get wild. Are we ready to get silly? All right, let's do it. Um, let's let's just go ahead and kick things off with the Eagles-Chiefs game. This is going to be a huge conversational piece. Scotty, I know it is painful. It is sad. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, you guys lost. Very terrible. What are your initial thoughts aside from you rubbing your eyes in sadness? Well, so first things first, I have to state as a Chiefs fan, um, all credit goes to the Eagles. They did enough to win the game. It was a sloppy game on both sides. They did enough to win. So, you know, you can't take that away from them. They played good enough, scored more points than us. That's the end of the story. But I will say this game was handed to them, but it wasn't handed to them in the way that you guys think I'm going to say. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes' turnover. It wasn't any of the drops. It wasn't Kelsey's fumble. I want to take this moment to give a heartfelt apology to all of Chiefs' kingdom. Because this one's on me. It's entirely my fault. On Monday's episode, I uh, engaged in what I now know to be embarrassing and pathetic loser talk. Because I told you, Slapdog, that it's, you know, the score of the game didn't matter as much as the product we saw on the field. If it was a good competitive game, whatever, win or lose, it wouldn't affect my confidence in the team. And turns out that was a very, very stupid thing to do. And I will never make that mistake again. So, Patrick Mahomes, this one's not on you. MVS, it's not on you, bro. This one's on me. And I am very sorry. And, you know, I'm not a perfect guy. I make mistakes. And this was a big one. And I do apologize to everyone. I think that's really big of you. I know that um, apologies don't come too often out of old Scotty. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure... All of the Chiefs players that listen to this podcast, I know a couple of them do, are very thankful that uh, that you apologized. But it's not a good look. I mean, this this win was not a uh, it wasn't a great win, to be honest with you. Like I look at this Eagles, this this the game in its entirety, and I, I was not impressed with either team. To be completely honest with you, if you're looking at this as a Chiefs fan, you should have won this game. I wanted the Chiefs to win this game, but. I think really the problem was is uh, very obviously MVS can't catch. And you, there were some other mistakes that were made. Travis Kelsey dropped the ball and, and fumbled the ball, and that was a, a key play that uh, did not go in the Chiefs' favor. That's kind of been the Chiefs' 
narrative this entire year, really. And the Chiefs actually are leading the NFL in drops. So, I mean, is that a concern point for either of you gentlemen as the season continues to progress? Yes. (laughs) The short answer is yes. And honestly, you know, MVS, obviously, you know, if he catches that ball, the Chiefs go ahead with under two minutes to go. But there's still a minute 45 left, and the Eagles had all three of their timeouts. Even if MVS catches that ball, the game's not over. So it's not like MVS dropped a for-sure game winner. The Eagles, you know, kind of found their offense in the second half, and, uh, you know, the Chiefs' defense played really, really well. But, you know, give Jalen Hurts the ball back with a minute 45 and two timeouts, and I'm not overly confident because all they needed was a field goal to win the game. So even if MVS comes down with that, I don't necessarily love the position that we're in. Ultimately, I think what lost the game was the turnovers, the red zone turnovers when Travis Kelsey, and I can't blame Travis Kelsey really because it was just a phenomenal defensive play. I mean, it's just, he got all of his all of his strength and all of his body weight into a punch on the ball and hit it square. I think it would be challenging to hold on to that ball no matter who you are. So I don't really blame Travis Kelsey for that. Just a great defensive play. The Mahomes interception was a bad interception. So you, you got to clean up the turnovers. And I think, you know, the Chiefs go into halftime with a bigger lead um, and you're, they're able to pile on the points a little bit more. And then with how well the defense is playing, I like that. Um, but honestly, it's just the combination of all the mistakes. And it's something that I've been saying for a while. The Chiefs are making these week one mistakes. They've done that, you know, with penalties, with drops, with some of the play calling. It's just they got to clean it up. The good news is from the optimistic side is all of these things are things the chiefs can fix. It's not, it's not as though, you know, they're coming out, they're, they're getting beat by other teams. They're beating themselves and they can fix that. And, you know, they're still seven and three, obviously still got the rest of the season to look forward to. We just got to hope that they get their ducks in a row and start figuring it out. Yeah. You've been pretty quiet over there. What do you think about all of this? Yeah. I'm just letting, you know, Scotty kind of take this one away, <laughs> but I, I will say, one of the more concerning things with the Chiefs is they are making the same mistakes that we've seen in their previous two losses to the Lions and then the Broncos. Penalties, turnovers, drops, you name it. Uh, play calling, you could even throw in there. I think Andy Reid tries to outsmart himself a little bit too much. Um, and there, there is still some of the season left, and the Chiefs are 7-3, and three. They are the two seed at this current point. But if they continue to make these mistakes, they are not going to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at what Buffalo is doing, or not Buffalo, you look at what Baltimore is doing, I think that that is a team that I'm afraid to see come February, January, especially if I have to go to Baltimore now. Uh, now that Baltimore is a one seed, KC is a two seed, that's a dangerous game. Uh, for KC to be playing, especially if they're making the mistakes that they're making now. And I hope they get it corrected because I don't want to be having this discussion and, and uh, at the end of January saying, oh, the Chiefs beat themselves. But it's just not, it's not looking great right now for KC. Let me ask you both this question. I mean, obviously, this, is, this has been a reoccurring concern and a reoccurring issue that we have repeatedly seen this entire season for the Chiefs. Should the organization be looking to acquire a big-name wide receiver? I mean, it, the that that is the first question, paired with the fact that I, I think there's a decent possibility that both Travis and Jason Kelsey both retire, walk off into the sunset together, maybe even as early as the, at the end of this season, and and both of them retire and and uh, kind of begin the next chapter together. 
that's probably – I don't think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. And then Mahomes loses his, his number one pass catcher. So – First and foremost, should the Chiefs be looking for a big-name wide receiver or at least a more more trusted wide receiver than their current group that they have now? And then to follow up, is that do, am I speaking some truth here that Travis Kelsey may not be here next year? Um, so the first question, yes and no. You know, if if Travis Kelsey sticks around, uh, you know, you obviously have the cap issue where you can't go. That's the reason they got rid of Tyreek Hill is just because of the price tag. And so they almost have to find they have to find some of these diamonds in the rough, so to speak, where they're able to have productive wide receivers who aren't going to completely cost them everything when it comes to cap space. So that's a little bit more challenging. If Travis Kelsey does retire, that changes the math a little bit. And then, yes, they got to be looking for a superstar. Um, and the thing is, you know, as we know, they're they're too good to really count on a solid first round pick early with one of these big name wide receivers. So, again, it comes down to the diamond in the rough sort of thing. They have to find a receiver who fits the scheme well, and they've struggled with that as we've seen with some of their younger wide receivers that are on the team now. What about T Higgins? I love T Higgins, but I also think he's probably going to cost a lot. I think this season might change that because obviously he hasn't been nearly as productive as we've seen in the past, but T Higgins, I actually was just uh, talking to another friend about this the other day that I would love to have T Higgins on the roster. I think he would immediately come in and make an impact, but he's the kind of player that we're looking for. Maybe someone who wasn't the wide receiver one, but someone who is, you know, perfectly competent and someone who can come in and make a change and, you know, the, the, again, the positive side of things is right now we don't have that at all. So if, if we get someone who's even a, you know, a B or a B plus wide receiver, they can come in and make an impact right away. You know, in, in my mind, I think Travis Kelsey is gone next year. I, I, I don't too. say that because of how he looks out there, but he's been banged up. He's making comments about he can't deal with these injuries. And I mean, I think the Taylor Swift's relationship is kind of taken off for him, right? He doesn't need to play anymore. And you combine that with the podcast. Like, I don't, he doesn't need the NFL anymore. He doesn't have anything to prove. So if he's gone, um, obviously in the offseason, the Chiefs need to acquire somebody. Um, and I think Michael Pittman probably fits this offense the best. And here's why. If you look at how he's utilized in Indianapolis for the past three, four seasons now, He's kind of been the the safety blanket for whoever's playing quarterback. He's getting those easy, short to intermediate routes, and I think that's what Patrick Mahomes is missing. He's missing that reliable piece that can secure the ball um, and get them, you know, anywhere from eight to twenty yards on a completion, which is that would be key right now for Kansas City because they can't even hold on to the ball. And Kansas City has spent draft capital on two wide receivers now in back-to-back drafts, and they've just missed. So they need to shore something up there with their draft process as well. Yeah, that's the other thing that you you really just kind of scratch your head at is, <clears throat> you know, we talk for fantasy football purposes. It's just it's very frustrating to own any of these wide receivers because you never know which one is going to eat on a weekly basis but you also from from just an nfl perspective you don't know which ones are going to make any catches for the week because it seems to be repeatedly they're having issues getting open and then they're having issues catching the ball and it's very evident that the chiefs want to find a good wide receiver i think that you know the draft capital as well as the Kadarius tony trade has made that very apparent that they're looking for someone to pair with mahomes that is young and talented and is going to be around for a little while and i just they haven't hit 
And I think perhaps it's time to look at somebody who's more at the vet level and somebody who's been in the league for a little bit and has proven themselves as a, a reliable talent for the Chiefs offense. So I agree. I think I think Kelsey's going to be gone, though. Well, that's that one last piece of conjecture for me is I think if they win the Super Bowl, Kelsey's gone. I think if they make a good postseason run, there's a better chance that he's gone. But if, if this if this end of the season and postseason is a disappointment for the Chiefs, it would not surprise me if he came back for another run. I, I think. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think he, this is it for him. I think, you know, he's on to greener pastures and um, and Taylor Swift and the podcast and his body are all kind of weighing in on that. And I think that's kind of where he's at. But we, we will see. I just wanted to, I don't know if you guys have, have had the opportunity to watch Hard Knocks yet. Have you guys seen Hard Knocks yet? Nope. Okay. I, I watched the first episode last night. It's the Miami Dolphins. I'm... I'm really sad that they chose the Dolphins after watching the episode last night. I'm just going to be honest yeah. with you both. I, I just, it made me lose faith in the Dolphins a little bit. And it made me kind of just lose a little bit of faith in uh, Mike McDaniels too. Which mm-hmm. I didn't think was going to be possible. Because he's a goofy dude. But I And I'm going to, I'll let you guys watch it. I'm not going to spoil anything. But I just want you to watch the player's demeanor around him. Not just not I, just all the players like when he's interacting with the players when he's speaking to the players watch their demeanor and that like i was kind of saddened by that a little bit to see that like that is some of the way that they're just look at it and you'll you'll i think you'll notice kind of what i'm trying to infer here i think he won over to a tag and i think that really has benefited him because i think if he didn't do that this this team might not look nearly the same or it is nearly hmm as good as it does right now so just watch it and and i'm interested to see more of these episodes and obviously we can't have a very in-depth conversation because you guys haven't seen it yet but um just look at the players that's that's what i'm going to suggest to you guys because it was kind of sad so do they it look at him the same way the cardinals look at Gannon? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah kind of I, I mean to be honest with you yeah it was it was like they know he's a goofy dude. And, and the difference between him and Gannon, I think, is he leans into it. And I do think he is a very – Mike McDaniels is an intelligent individual, um, whereas I don't think John Gannon is. But it's kind of like the same – it's the same vibes that I was getting a little bit. And I was just like, this isn't this isn't what you want to see. Like, And then he – like the, one of the uh, – I can't remember if it's the OC or the DC is just like this – very strong Italian gentleman that is just screaming F-bombs all over the place in meetings. It just felt awkward, and I was like, I didn't like the look of that. Like, I just didn't like the feel of it, and it didn't... Going from Dan Campbell to this, I liked Dan Campbell, the way Dan Campbell ran things a lot more than Mike Well, McDaniels. that's it's an interesting point, because I, I had this thought the other day, and it's interesting you're saying this now, because Mike McDaniel was kind of the counter-argument to this thought, but it's got to make a huge difference to the players when you have a former player coaching you. And not only that, but someone who kind of looks physically imposing because you think about like a high school coach, right? He's automatically an authority figure because he's older and he's, he's wiser and more experienced, but you know, these are all grown men. So you expect grown men to take orders and to follow another grown man. That grown man has to have a lot of attributes that are worthy of following. And Mike McDaniels being kind of a smaller guy, kind of a goofy guy, like you'd think maybe it is a little bit more difficult for him to, uh, you know, command that respect that a lot of coaches like a Dan Campbell would, or even like an Andy Reid would, because he's got that experience and he's got the record to prove it. Whereas McDaniels knew he's small. He's never played in the NFL. Like there's kind of a lot of things going against him there. 
That's a good point, and maybe there is some validity to that. But you like it, it? It I think it shows. Like he is, he's just kind of bebopping around, doing his own thing in practice, and he won over to Otago Vailoa, and like you can tell that they have a good relationship, and I think that has helped him because he obviously got you know the quarterback on his side. But aside from that, it, it was kind of interesting to watch, and I was just a little disappointed to see that, like, I think everybody at times was just kind of annoyed and just like, we're here to do our job. And, like, then his, like I said, I can't remember if it was offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, but that Miami coach was uh, speaking in, in front of everyone, and every other word out of his mouth was F. And he's like, fuck, let's go fucking kill him. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs, and everybody's just kind of sitting there. It's and like I the was hype just. Guy. Yeah, but it like I wasn't hyped sitting at home watching it, and you see people in the like the people are just like, yeah, yeah. And for anybody listening to the podcast, I'm just that was great. Uh, that was that was great what I did <laughs> well, there. That, he was just kind of sitting there doing feel, nothing. That's how I feel about Dan Campbell. Like that's that's one of the criticisms I had watching Hard Knocks with him too. And I think the issue there is you have to know what kind of locker room you have. Like I said, these are grown adults that are playing this game. It's not like a high school football team where you want to get them all psyched up or whatever. These are professionals. They're coming in to do a job. So you don't need to be overly dramatic, right? You can have a professional and reasonable conversation. That's one of the criticisms I've had of Dan Campbell is that he's just so dramatic and it's almost like he's talking to a bunch of 17-year-olds versus a bunch of, you know, 20 to 30-year-olds. And there's just a big difference there. So I I think I would have the same reaction if I had a a coach scream, you know, I'm 30 years old and I got some guy screaming F-bombs at me like it's going to motivate me like dude like we're adults here yeah i think i i don't know i I just i gave me even more respect for dan campbell i i know that you think that it was similar but i just it felt different like the like the vibes of what he was saying i believe dan campbell sitting at home watching it and then i watch like not just mike mcdaniels but all of his coaches and coordinators and the people that he has surrounded his team around and i'm just like you guys are a goofy bunch of dudes that really don't know what you're doing. And that was the impression I got sitting at home. So um, this was episode one. Who knows? Episode two could completely change it. And I don't want to spend any more time on this, but I just wanted to have a brief conversation about it. I'm excited to, for you guys to see it and then us be able to talk about it because it, it was uh, it was a little disappointing in my mind. But let's pivot over. Gentlemen, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. So what we're going to do today is, is we're going to draft, baby. We are a fantasy football podcast, and we love talking about the NFL. So, of course, we're going to do some drafting today. What we are going to be drafting, for anybody that is not watching, is Thanksgiving food because it is Thanksgiving. So let's uh, – we've already determined our draft order, but we have not determined what everybody is taking. Yeti, of course, naturally gets first overall. So we're only going to do four rounds of this. But, or what? But – well, I, it was funny. I rolled the dice, and you just—I was like, "This is Yeti's roll." I rolled, and and you won, then Scotty, then me. So, um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do four rounds. Obviously, if if somebody is draft or some food is drafted, we cannot take them and redraft them again. So, Yeti, if you choose turkey at the one hundred and one, turkey's off the board. But what we're doing today, gentlemen, is we are going to draft the best Thanksgiving plate. Okay, so what you want on your plate tomorrow? When you sit down with your family and or friends and you are going to eat Thanksgiving, who's going to get the best plate? Yeti, I'm going to kick it off to you, buddy. Go ahead. You have the you have the one-on-one Ooh. here, my friend. Well, I didn't get Mel Kuyper's top 10, so I don't know what the draft ratings are or anything. So this is kind of hard, man. A little um, difficult, man. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have any stats with me either, guys, so I'm sorry. Um, but I think my first pick here, it's going to be mashed potatoes, man. I think mashed potatoes are the perfect item where you can just combine it with literally anything and it just goes. 
You could combine it with cranberry sauce. You can combine it with stuffing, turkey, ham, whatever. It just works. It's like the binder for everything. I've never actually had cranberry sauce. I don't know if that's going to be someone's pick, but I've never had it. I've everyone raves about it. I've never once put it on my plate. And I don't know if that's just my family's oh. weird or what. Don't eat it just... out of the can. I would only have it <laughs> okay. homemade. Okay. There's there's a huge difference between. Good the advice. Two. I'm coming to your Thanksgiving for cranberry sauce. Yeah, I've never yeah. had cranberry sauce either. I don't know if that's like a not a Midwestern. I'm not sure. I uh, I've never had it either. So us being from the Midwest, I don't know if that's just not a thing. But Yeti, you took mashed potatoes at the 101. That's the first thing you're getting on your plate. Scotty, we're going to go over to you, my friend. Yeah, bro. I'm, as per usual, I'm reaching. I always, I'm always reaching in drafts. You're going to reach the, at the 102 here? Yep. Get the players you like, not the ones based on draft, uh, draft order. Um, and my absolute favorite Thanksgiving uh, piece of the meal is scalloped potatoes. I love scalloped potatoes and i would eat them all day long every single day and there are times you know obviously lots of options at thanksgiving there are times i'll go back for seconds and thirds and just fill up a plate full of scalloped potatoes that's the best thing in Mm -hmm. the world and potatoes honestly generally are underrated they're incredible in so many different forms wow scalloped potatoes and mashed potatoes i was not expecting this for the 101 and the 102 and i'm gonna put this graphic up here i'm updating it live so anybody who's watching obviously you can't see this uh there is no graphic for uh, scalloped potatoes. Oh, it just doesn't exist. Hell? So I, what oh I've done God. is... Uh, this is falling like, apart already. I put <laughs> scallops. Just... <laughs> I put scallops. There's, there's no scallops. like a maniac. Well, I, <laughs> you chose scalloped potatoes. At Maybe you the... can put scallops plus potatoes. That'd be funnier. Well, I'll I'll re-edit this and we'll put it out for everybody to uh, to vote on. But I'm not going scallop potatoes. I'm not going mashed potatoes because they're both off the board, but they're also not my first choice. My first choice, boys, is going to be a honey ham. I mm. it, I love mm. ham. I'm I'm a big ham guy. Some of my friends even call me ham, and uh, I just you have to have it on my plate if it's there. Not a big turkey guy, so I'm I'm mm. showing my hand a little bit. I'm not gonna choose turkey at the at the the two turn here. Just don't care for turkey a whole lot. But what I do care for, boys, is uh, macaroni and cheese. That's I, oh. I I don't know if that's really. I was talking to my my father about this today, and he is not he's like macaroni and cheese is not a thanksgiving thing we have it at thanksgiving a lot of families do have it at thanksgiving it's something that i'm going for every single time i love mac and cheese i'm a big boy i like to eat get the carbs in get the cheese so i'm gonna do honey ham and mac and cheese for my uh my first two picks here gentlemen Mm. What kind of mac and cheese are you talking like craft are you talking baked what kind of what kind no 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 no, smoked bro yeah smoked you got to smoke Ooh. the mac and cheese, baby. I've never had smoked That's, mac and cheese. Oh, bro, Make it some tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm, I am I love it. I'm a big mac and cheese supporter. And if you smoke mac and cheese, it is a good old time. Yeah. And I'm going to take the easy one on 202, the one that's not uh, not on the board yet, but everyone expects it, and that's turkey. But in particular, in particular, a smoked turkey, smoked spatchcock, that is the best way to make turkey. And I agree with you. Turkey is not my favorite, but it is a staple of the holiday. And when you smoke it just right, it's nice and tender. It's juicy and it is quite good. So I think I would choose ham over turkey as you correctly did, but turkey is still a staple and I'm going with it. Have you tried, this is a cooking tip for all the brainiacs out there. I know they came for the, for our cooking show. Um, 
Have you tried rub like uh, when, before you smoke it? You roll it in mayonnaise. You use mayonnaise as a binder. It keeps it moist. So, yeah, I I I mean I didn't roll it in mayonnaise. I used my hands and put mayonnaise on it. But yes, yeah. I do do that to keep uh, okay. to keep the flavor in and to keep it moist. Yes, nice cooking okay. tip. Mm. Welcome to mm. Leather Brains. Your 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 cooking, cooking show. channel. Yep. Yeah. All right, Yeti. It's back to you, buddy. Oh man, mac and cheese was my pick. So you kind of stole it, man. Um, I wasn't Hell expecting yeah. this round. So. Um, Congrats on that. Um, for you. my second pick, I'm going to go with stuffing, man. Um, oh, I think that's a good one. I could honestly have Thanksgiving without turkey, and I would just go with the stuffing. I just, I love it. I don't know if it's a bread. I, I don't know. It's like they put crack in stu- uh, the stuffing, but I love it. Um, I'm a huge fan. I love it too. Yeah. I like that. Bread. And it can't, like it can't be like, the you just put in a pan stuffing i'm talking like actual out of the turkey stuffing because the other shit just gets too dry i love when it's Mm -hmm. moist and it like clumps up oh i love the word moist too you like having to dig into that turkey for your food oh yeah reach your hand all the way in there yep Mm. yep all right for my uh third pick (laughs) fuck this is this is difficult boys um hmm god I think I'm gonna go with old-fashioned corn. Oh, corn is a staple. That was, was gonna be. You have no protein on your plate. I don't know if that's a strategy. I don't know if we're coming back to all that. Carbs, but I did just want to. And yeah, honestly, like the main dishes at Thanksgiving, I think are generally overrated. When it comes to Thanksgiving, you got to get like a little bit of ham and then just pile up the sides. That's how I do it. I think that's yeah. the right way to go. I would rather is get it? stuffed on mac and cheese and stuffing than turkey. A hundred percent. That's fair. That's a fair point. Because you All think right. about it, I I probably do the same thing now that you say that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get a little bit of meat, but I came for all the additionals. That's a good yes. point. Yeah, you get like two slices of ham and turkey, and then the rest is just fucking carbs on the side. Do you uh, want me to wait to make my pick while you figure out whatever? No, nope. oh, you got Sorry. it. You nailed it. Corn. Oh, thank you. Corn. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a staple of not just Thanksgiving, but every holiday. And, um, it's sort of my guilty pleasure. It's I'm known in my family. They, they keep these things away from me because they know they'll be gone in a matter of moments if I get near them. And that's deviled eggs. Deviled eggs are good for every holiday. And I could probably eat 30 of them in one sitting and be perfectly happy. Deviled eggs are okay. Here's the question though. Here's, here's the million dollar deviled egg question with or without relish. Um, I like them both. I think the more you put on it, the better. I'm generally in favor of adding things. Uh, and I like relish a lot, especially if it's dill relish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with it either way. Okay. I'm never going to complain about deviled eggs. I think relish is the way to go when it comes to deviled eggs. Big deviled egg guy. I love that pick. And now I'm kind of stuck because I was going to choose corn on my turn. You guys have both taken the potatoes off the plate for me. And I'm a little stuck. So I think for the sake of conversation, I'm just going to have to go. I'm going to have to get get a little early here and get my pumpkin pie in. I, uh, It's a classic. I'm not a huge pumpkin pie guy, but if it's there, I'm probably going to try it. I'm going to try it. I, it. I'm not really a big cake guy in general, but I'm trying to win this draft. And I know everybody loves pumpkin pie. And so I'm going to roll with it. What? Pumpkin pie along with all pie, is maybe the most overrated thing that human beings have ever created. It's just not very good. The only thing good about any kind of pie is when you put ice cream on it, and it's just because ice cream is good and pie sucks. Or the Cool Whip. 
Yeah, I could I eat like cool, whip. whip. I don't like. If you look at my cool plate of pumpkin pie, it's like a fraction of pumpkin pie, and then fucking just pile on the cool whip. No, like, can I have some uh, pumpkin pie with my Cool Whip? (sighs) Overall, terrible pick. Uh, Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's my plate of food. I'm going to eat it how I want, and I'm getting pumpkin pie. Now, I really want... (sighs) I got a good one for my last one, and if you take it, I'm I'm leaving. I'm quitting the pod. I'm going to take dinner rolls. Nah, that's not it. Dinner rolls are good, though. And a staple. Yeah, I, I love... I, like Eddie said earlier, I'm here for the carbs. I like carbs, and I like rolls, and I don't have any of that. So I really wanted stuffing, but obviously that didn't make it around to me. So I will roll with rolls. And those are my uh, those are my final picks here. Yeah, I cannot believe this one has not been taken yet uh, because it is, again, an absolute staple of Thanksgiving, uh, and that is green bean casserole. It is oh, incredible, God, and man. I pile that I shit like on the plate. You, I thought about that pick. Green bean casserole is amazing. Getting it at the freaking in the last round, that's the steal of the draft right there. A hundred percent. You think? I'm I'm willing to trade you corn for green bean casserole. I don't think that's a good trade. I know that I know the draft capital's there, bro, but I, I don't think it's a good trade. But think about the investment. You can do so many things with corn. It's true. But green bean casserole is when you close your eyes and picture your Thanksgiving plate, at least half of that plate is green bean casserole. No. I don't like green beans. Yeah, you just eat your pumpkins, like fucking weirdo. I'll eat green bean casserole. You're just over there eating pie and rolls like a, like a, <laughs> I don't even know. You're, it's like okay. you've never been First and foremost, back off. I got mac and cheese, dude. I'm mac fine. Mac and cheese is good. I'll, Solid pick. Mac and cheese is, I could probably just eat a bowl of that. I do eat a bowl of that. So I'm fine with, with my little small piece of pumpkin pie in my rolls. Take your just shit up green beans and get out of here. Get out of here. Yeti, bring us home. Oh, so the pressure's on me here with Mr. Irrelevant, Mrs. Irrelevant. I don't know. I'm I don't know what this is gonna be yet. Um I didn't really come in with a strategy, but I think I want to end my night with something sweet here. I'm not oh. talking a piece of slaps, I'm talking a piece of pecan Dang. pie. Oh shit. I can't eat pecan. I'm allergic. But I mm. respect I'm not missing your it's pick. terrible. I mean, like, I'm just looking at some of the graphics of pecan pies. I, Yeti, I don't want to seem like I'm dogging on your pick, but I've never ate pecan pie. I don't oh, even know it's what better it is. Than I mean, I pie, man. It's a pie I, with pecans. Yeah, but what's what else? Like, what it? What else is so it? There's a crust. It's not just a bunch of pecans. It's got yeah, to be some form of pie crust, yeah. and then you, you got like the syrup. Yeah, <laughs> a squirrel. It's syrupy under there. Kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like a gel. Like a yeah, like a think of like yeah, a hardened syrup, a baked syrup. It's like if you dump a bunch of KY jelly top. onto a plate, that's kind of what it is, and then pour some pecans you top on it, it. You top it with pecans at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't eat it. It's got yeah, pecans. But, it's not but, the KY jelly; it's the pecans that are getting me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's what's the most overrated Thanksgiving food? Just as a, a bonus round, cranberry turkey. <laughs> I think uh, turkey. Yeah. Some people like turkey, and I, I like I understand it. It, it. Turkey, if you get a good piece of meat and it's not dry, turkey's fine. But that's the problem with turkey is I would say probably depending upon how it's cooked and also at what point you're eating it, seventy percent of the meat's dry. 
So you have to have gravy or something else to try and make turkey better, which I understand. But that's what makes ham so much better in general. It's just mm. in, unless it's overcooked, it's moist, which is that's why I like ham more. And the honey, it's just sweet and it's good. So I, I think turkey is up there for me as one of the most overrated. But I've also, like I said, cranberry sauces like a, or cranberries is something that a lot of people eat. And that might be overrated because I've never even tried it. Yeah, I don't. I I can't imagine cranberry. I just think of cranberry like juice, and that is disgusting. So I'm I'm not in yeah. favor of cranberries. But I think the most overrated Thanksgiving food is sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are terrible, mm. and don't so, like so many people either. love sweet potatoes, and I just despise. Like I don't know why you do that to a potato. Like potatoes are so good. You can make French fries. You can make scallop potatoes. Just a baked potato or mashed, and you make them sweet like a weirdo. Nah. Have you ever had them with marshmallows on top, like a sweet potato casserole with marshmallows? I don't like marshmallows. Abyss. Marshmallows are just—they're mm. it's warmed up chalk. <laughs> Whoa! What That's kind what marshmallows are. are you eating, buddy? The chalky ones, because all of marshmallows are chalky. Not a marshmallow guy. I'll eat a s'more maybe for fun, but I'm not going to enjoy it because I don't like marshmallows because it tastes like chalk. <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy it. I'll do this for I'm you. I'm not pervert but i'm not gonna like yeah it. like well here and here's the thing like i would never make myself a s'more never have any interest but if if someone's like hey i made you this s'more do you want to eat it I'd be like, yeah thanks man i appreciate it because that person took polite. the time out of their day yeah they they made me this s'more, but i don't like marshmallows and what so i'm I not gonna go out of my way pie? can't eat it i'm allergic <sighs> that's pretty rude, uh, but i'll though. dig off the pecans and eat the ky jelly <laughs> I'll eat the innards of it. All right. All right, gentlemen. That's that's enough uh, Thanksgiving talk. This was fun. It was a good little draft. It was something to get us in the uh, the festive spirit for Thanksgiving. So I just want to pause real quick before we go into Flex Appeal, and then we're going to get out of here. This is, like I said, going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. I just want to say thank you guys, all the Brainiacs out there. Uh, appreciate your guys' continued support, and I hope you guys all have a wonderful Thanksgiving because, um, yeah, you deserve it, and you're listening to us, and we appreciate that. So Flex Appeal. Yeti, take us away. All right, boys and girls, for the flirt, first flex appeal of Thanksgiving weekend, we got Alexander Madison versus Chicago or Javante Williams versus Cleveland. What are we doing here, boys? It's got to be Alexander Madison for me. Javante Williams is actually doing pretty well, but the, the Cleveland defense is like... I. I, I see no path in which the Broncos running game is going to be electric with that Cleveland defense. So I, I'm going to take Alexander Madison. This one's pretty easy for me. Yeah, the Cleveland defense is, is too much, especially with like we've seen this Broncos offense. I mean, the Broncos look a lot better, obviously, in this half of the season that we're in, but their offense is not overly explosive so you don't expect them to you know force the defense to have to respect russell wilson in the past i think they're going to stack the box i think javante is going to be in for a tough day so i'm i'm with you i'm going with alexander madison i agree with you boys but it's kind of interesting to see this denver offense kind of take off over the last four to five weeks it, it seems like the the bye week since they played come the at Chiefs. a better time yeah didn't one of you guys jinx them i think is some a conversation we had Yeti recently did. I, yeah, you, Yeti's fault. You'll never hear me any, say anything good about the Broncos. <laughs> I'll say good things about the Chiefs. I'll say good things about the Chargers, but the Broncos. Sorry yeah. to Broncos fans. Fuck, fuck the Broncos. Oh God. Okay. Well, then let's <laughs> move on. I've brought in Derrick Henry versus Carolina Panthers, or Hollywood Brown versus the Rams. 
You know I love me some Hollywood slaps, but I know K one is not targeting our, our good friend Hollywood. Uh, he's spreading the mm-hmm. ball out to McBride, Greg Dorch, Rondale Moore, but where's Hollywood? And I, that kind of concerns question. me for fantasy. So I, I have to roll with Derrick Henry against Carolina. Uh, Carolina's given up a, over 100 yards to running backs the last five weeks. Um, so I, I'm rolling with Henry and his volume this week. Yeah, I agree 100%. This is a prime matchup for Derrick Henry, so I'm on board with that. But do you guys, let's let's be objective for a second. Do you think the Cardinals are going to win this game against the Rams? Because I think they will. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope we lose because right now projections and uh, being a Cardinals fan, we have the second overall pick right now. I want to keep that. I want to stay very high on the draft board and I want to be able to get a very great top five pick. I hope we lose, but I think that there is legitimate like the Cardinals. I mean, everybody wants a dog on the Cardinals. At one point, the Cardinals are ranked 32nd in the NFL and I always thought that that wasn't fair because they were missing like the key piece of of the team, that being Kyler Murray. And now that he's magically back, they've already they've shot up in the rankings. And it's like, yeah, I get it. There was some question there with his health. Like, is he going to look good coming back? He does. I think he does look good. And he hasn't gotten any taller, which kind of sucks. But he is still able to move the ball with his feet pretty damn well, and he can still throw the ball pretty damn well. So, I'm I'm in on I'm in on K one long term. I've I've. I've let bygones be bygones and I really want a top five pick. So I hope we lose this game, but really the Hollywood Brown things really kind of, it's interesting to me and it almost kind of scares me a little bit because we saw Hollywood Brown be super effective last year as the wide receiver one. And I, I am just curious as your guys' thoughts on this, me as a fan, I have my own opinion, but like, why is he not getting targeted? But these other guys are because he was getting hyper targeted without D hop last year and it was working to his fantasy effect very well. I, I think uh, you just got to give it some time. I think I think it'll come together. You got to remember that Kyler, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience this year. He's still kind of getting back in the game. And yes, he came in and immediately his legs looked great, which was a big concern. But working with the pass catchers, working with the schemes, diagnosing defenses and recognizing who your playmakers are in the middle of the play is something that does take a little bit of time to build that chemistry. So I think it's coming. I'm not really all that concerned about it just yet. I think it has more to do with kind of how they're scheming the offense right now because Hollywood Brown, he's being used as kind of the vertical guy. Um, If you look at his average depth of target the past two games with K1, it's over 20 yards. So Hollywood's not getting really involved in any short yardage or any screen plays. It's all vertical routes. And that's kind of a, a concern to what, what Scotty was saying with K1 just coming back, getting his feet under him. He's going to check down more often than not because McBride has proven that he's a reliable pass catcher. Rondale Moore has as well. And I guess Greg Dorch did last week too because he had, what, nine targets, eight targets? So um, I, I think it has to do more with the scheme at this current point. They just need to find more ways to utilize Hollywood Brown instead of the Jamar Chase role where they're going to chuck it deep and hope that it works yeah because that's not where he's been you know that's never been where hollywood's game has been so yes he he's found some success with that but he's also like his middle of the field usage is really where he's he's kind of his yak so to speak is something that that really helps him so i'm taking derrick henry in this one as well there is some concerns you know tajay spears is starting to get more and more involved but given the matchup derrick henry's still on the field and he's still seeing touches so i'm also going to take derrick henry on this one 
All right. So my second flex appeal is going to be Jalen Warren versus Cincinnati or Brian Robinson versus Dallas. What are you doing here? Give me Jalen Warren, baby. Give me Jalen Warren. Here's the thing. Dallas's defense is not – they are still a good defense. Yeah, they are missing a couple pieces, um, but Cincinnati is not a good – they're not good at stopping the rush, which is great. Um, and Jalen Warren has looked really, really good, I, which is crazy. Like, I think realistically you're probably going to be starting both of these guys. I think you should be starting both these guys. And then, you know, we didn't really mention at the beginning of the episode, but Matt Canada is no longer around, and perhaps that could that could uh, behoove Jalen Warren in the right direction to get him some more playing time because Jalen Warren does look like the better running back for the Steelers. I'm interested to see how that works, but I, I think I would be willing to take the risk with Jalen Warren this week given the terrible matchup for, uh, well, the good matchup for him. I think you can make a good argument either way here because obviously the Dallas defense is, you know, legit. And if, if Dallas ends up making a really good playoff push, it's going to be because of their defense. Um, but again, you know, Sam Howell's under constant pressure. And when he's under constant pressure, his check down guy is Brian Robinson. He's le- he's led the team in targets two weeks in a row. He's a top five running back on the season. Fantasy wise. I think you can make a pretty good argument that he's going to get a ton of touches here. Um, but Jalen Warren, obviously we know he is awesome. We're just hoping we're crossing our fingers and praying that without Matt Canada, uh, Jalen Warren is going to be sort of the feature back. Um, so I think you can make a good argument for either of these guys. I think they should both be in your starting lineup. Yeah. I don't feel very strongly about this one. If I had to choose one, I'm going with Brian Robinson just for that PPR upside. And the fact that he's not really splitting anymore with Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gibson was out last week. I believe he's going to be out this week as well. And I I think the game script isn't really going to matter for Brian Robinson. He's going to get the he's going to get the carries. He's going to get targets out of the backfield. So I'm rolling with that for PPR. I'm just hoping Sam Howe can survive this game. Yes, I think most people are. That defense (laughs) is no joke. Uh, All right. I brought the Gus Bus versus the Chargers, Gus Edwards, or Drake London versus the Saints. So this is a nasty flex appeal. This um, is disgusting. If you're if you're facing this predicament, you are just hoping for upside with either one of these guys, honestly. And I, I think the upside has to be with Gus Edwards. Um, Gus Edwards the, doesn't really have the volume that excites you, but when he does get touches, he's explosive, and he's breaking them off for long touchdowns. So I have to roll with Gus against a leaky Chargers defense. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think the upside is definitely with Gus Edwards. Um you know, I personally would like to see a little bit more Keaton Mitchell, um, but Gus Edwards has had some big games. He's obviously going to be an integral part of the game plan. And Drake London, just like every player on this Falcons team, is just so hit and miss. So it's just tough to rely on that. So I think I agree with you. And well, Desmond that's why Ritter's I brought them back uh, at yes. starter. Too. Yeah. Fuck you, Arthur Smith. Um, well, and like Keaton Mitchell and, and Gus Edwards saw almost equal snap percentage. So that's why I bring this up. Is like. Is there a world in which Gus Edwards could potentially take the backseat role to Keaton Mitchell moving forward? I I think it's a possibility. I think Gus Edwards is going to be involved. Um, you know, they're not going to eliminate him from the game plan. I think he's pretty much guaranteed upper single digits to low double digit touches. Um, but I, you know, just looking at it from an eye test perspective, I think it's hard to look at this backfield and say Keaton Mitchell does not have that. You know, he, he's got that explosive potential each and every play. So I like seeing him on the field, but Gus Edwards is going to be involved. Yeah, And I think this, Gus has a better floor 
than Drake London does because Drake yeah. London could very well have one target and no catches. Whereas Gus Edwards is at least going to get five to 12 carries and he might take one of those carries to the house. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I would rather have Gus Edwards in this situation for that reason. You know, I do think Keaton Mitchell is going to start being more and more involved, but until it's proven otherwise, I think the floor is much safer with Gus Edwards than it is Drake London. So I'll roll with that as well. Yeah, and for my last flex appeal, boys, we have a wide receiver matchup here. We have Christian Kirk versus Houston or Adam Thielen versus Tennessee. What are we doing here, guys? Dude, why'd you do this to us? Because it's fun. It's not fun. This sucks. Uh, it's got to be Adam you, Thielen, man. You He's can make Scotty go first if you want. I'm, I'm playing tiebreaker, bro. <laughs> I'm, yeah, he's playing tiebreaker. It's got to be Adam Thielen for me. I mean, you know, I, who would have thought Adam Thielen would come out and have the season that he has had? Um, but he's wide receiver 10 on the season. He His targets alone are just beautiful for fantasy football. Like, in the last four weeks, he has been under double-digit targets once. And, like, over the last – since week three, he's had – double-digit targets every game except two games in which he had six and eight. The volume, you can't argue with it. I do think Christian Kirk's a good play as well. Um, Christian Kirk is the wide receiver one for this team, and I think that the the matchup, the Jaguars-Texans game, is actually going to be really, really fun. I think it could be a, a very interesting game, but I, I think I'm going to take Adam Thielen here against the Titans. Um, I'll put it this way. Adam Thielen should always be in your starting lineup. Christian Kirk is more matchup dependent than that, but this is a great matchup because I think there's a very good chance that C.J. Stroud comes out and throws for 400 yards and four or five touchdowns, and guess what? Christian Kirk has to be involved if that's the case. Um, so again, I think you can make an argument for either one. I think Adam Thielen is probably the safer one, but Christian Kirk's got a ton of upside this week. Yeah, and I, I wanted to ask this flex appeal because I, I wondered if – Christian Kirk owners were going to be scared after what they saw Calvin Ridley do last week. And I, I, I want to assume that last week was just the offensive coordinator trying to get Calvin Ridley more involved, because if you look at their previous games, he really wasn't seeing the target share. And I think coming out of the bye, Jacksonville was like, you know, we got to drop more plays for him. Let's get him the, the ball early and often. And not to say that Christian Kirk, isn't going to get volume ever again but i think this was like all right kirk you know take a back seat we'll get you going next week type of thing but for this particular flex appeal i i have to roll with adam thielen i think this is a very friendly matchup for carolina and like always carolina is going to be playing from behind and they're going to have to throw the rock so give me thielen what, what? <laughs> this is only the sixth Surprise. time that these two teams have played and they're three and three in the series, which is crazy. They, they, these two teams have played each other the fewest times out of any matchup in the NFL. Oh damn, I didn't know that. Scotty coming in with the hot facts. With the facts, uh, bro. Last one. I also uh, on the flip side of this, I brought Devin Singletary versus Jacksonville or D Hop versus Carolina. So both players from the uh, both those teams, but just different positions. Who are you rolling with? Ooh, we're switching positions over here, top to bottom. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, all yeah. right. Now you're getting it. <laughs> I'm rolling with Singletary. Uh, Houston is rolling with the hot hand with Singletary, and I'm going to roll with the hot hand too, man. Um, I, I I love the fact that he's touched the ball 52 times in the last two games. He's got a His matchup is kind of tough with Jacksonville. I get that. But Houston's offense is so explosive that – 
I think the running lanes could open for Devin Singletary and he's getting the red zone work. So the team is getting to the red zone early and often. Um, he can punch one in for you. And I think his ceiling is 25 to 30 points in this matchup. So give me Singletary. Yeah. And I think I agree. Um, this is something we talked about in the preseason with Devin Singletary making this move here. It makes you a little bit more nervous about Pierce. And obviously Pierce is dealing with that injury. I think he's going to be back this week, but again, you're You're riding with the hot hand. And I think that that's true. Devin Singletary has proven that he can be effective. And this offense is going to be in scoring position a lot as they've proven they're good. So I think I agree with you. I'm riding with Singletary. Last question for you. And then we'll get out of here. Damian Pierce, you mentioned him. Obviously Devin Singletary is, is the RB one at this point, but Pierce has, struggled with injury this season is is pierce no longer the long-term running back solution for the texans in your guys's mind short Question answer no no um what's, if you what's your long answer my long answer <laughs> <laughs> my long answer is when um i was going to say singletary when pierce was given the majority of the carries early in the season he was not looking as efficient as he was last season you look at his stats from last year, he was averaging damn near four yards a carry. I think it was like 3.6 or something like that. So we'll round up, round up to four. If you look at this season, he's below 2.5 yards per carry. And he's just not breaking the same amount of tackles that he was last year. And he just doesn't look as explosive when he's holding on to the ball. I don't know if he, that's... You think he ate too many cheeseburgers? That yeah, could be it. He might have let all the cheeseburgers get to his belly and his head and all the hype get to his head. But... Um, no, I, I think he he probably lost his starting job to Singletary with this injury. Well, Singletary's on a one-year deal, too, if memory serves. So that, I mean, then, you know, what do the Texans do long-term? And that's obviously a question for another day, but I just, I was you know, curious. I was, you know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about this with their Dynasty League uh, trade dead, deadline last week of who are the free agent running backs next year. We have Pollard. Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and I was like, any, and Austin Eckler too, he's a free agent. If any of those guys leave their current teams, I think Houston is going to be a fun landing spot for mm -hmm. four of those guys. Yeah. And I, I think if either any of those guys go there, they'll be top five easy running backs next year. And they can afford it. They got all. They got yep. such a young roster that this is they, they're entering window territory now, where they're like, okay, like we can actually make a real run at this. So I think that it's it is it is a sure thing that they're going to pick up some big names in the offseason, and I think a running back is first on the list. Yep, that is pretty fun to think about, and I I am interested. Do they do anything else at the wide receiver room for the Texans? That's the other question that I have. Like, may, do they try and target somebody like a Michael Pittman or T. Higgins, like we talked about earlier, as potential landing spots for them? Because they are they have a little bit more friendly of a cap space than some other teams and can afford some more expensive guys. So, do you in I, we can't all sit here and say we think like Eckler and Tony Pollard, all those guys, Josh Jacobs, they're going to want a long-term contract. So the question then becomes, does the team want to pay running backs long-term or do they just want to go back to the draft and get a fifth round running back like we've seen some teams are starting to do and still find success with? That's going to be the question for the offseason. But I, I think this conversation, we can put a bookmark in it and have it another day. So, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate everybody's time. As I mentioned halfway through the show, and I will mention one more time, appreciate each and every one of you Brainiacs out there that are tuning in to us and have continued to support us and ask your questions and listen to our show. Hit the subscribe button, man. I, I That's my only request. I, uh, I really would appreciate that as well as the rest of the Leather Brains team here because it does mean the world. 
And lastly, I hope that all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, both the Brainiacs and you guys included. So let's uh, let's get the hell out of here, gentlemen. We are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.